everything is real. My name is Natalie D. I'm Drew Toothpaste. And today we're talking about how aliens are real, part 9,000. Today is a really exceptional day in the history of aliens, <laughs> UFOs, UAPs, non-human intelligence, whatever you want to call it. Today, July 26th. 2023 is the first time somebody has testified under oath to Congress that not only are UFOs real, mm -hmm. in other words, flying craft created by a non-human intelligence, but that alien non-human intelligence is real and exists on Earth, and they testified that the government has recovered these materials from crash sites, the government has stored it, and the government has pushed it off onto military contractors. Right, right. All of this was testified to under oath by two former fighter pilots and an ex-intelligence community member, David Grush. Right, right. Now, this is noteworthy because, like, this is a lot of the stuff that had come out, like, a month or so ago when there was the interview with David Grush, right? But what made the hearing today noteworthy is that he repeated everything from that interview under oath. And if you go under oath and you make up a bunch of bullshit, you get sent to jail forever. So it's noteworthy, right? Well, technically the term is committing perjury, right? Right. But he put his ass on the line and he said exactly the same shit he said in the interview before. Now, the place that all of this started, and we keep coming back to it, though, we'll only do it briefly here, is the 2017 New York Times story where images and video were published by the New York Times mm -hmm. of some FLIR, this is forward-looking infrared camera work by fighter pilots and people in the Navy of unidentified flying objects exhibiting characteristics that no human-manufactured aircraft has ever exhibited. Right. Instantaneous acceleration, speeds of tens of thousands of miles an hour, mm -hmm. moving between air and water crossing domain in a way that seems seamless to all right. observers. Right. All of this was testified to under oath today in Congress. And what this means, the reason why this is important, the allegations by David Grush is that there is a secret branch of the government for which funds are being misappropriated mm -hmm. so that non-human materials can be retrieved and worked with and studied and ferreted out to government contractors, that this is being done in security terms in a compartmentalized way where nobody has access to it, there is no oversight from any other department, and none of this information has been given to Congress. In fact, we found out today that three members of Congress went to Eglin Air Force Base. This is in the Florida Panhandle. Mm -hmm. My uncle was stationed there. They went there and they asked for information about UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Sometimes they call it unidentified anomalous phenomena mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily aerial. And they were turned away. They wouldn't show them anything. They said this is classified. They're technically is no such thing as above top secret, but it is something where people that have a top secret clearance still can't see this material because right. it's compartmentalized on a need-to-know basis, right. right? And they also said that not only is this stuff protected with a classification that is really impossible for even the highest level government officials to access, but the implication is that 
there are individuals who determine who can and can't see this stuff who are not even affiliated with the government. They are like outside of the government and they are making the decision about who can see it. Right. And so David Grush invoked the Whistleblower Protection Act to make a report officially to Congress and to the media and say, hey, this is being done in a way that is immoral and it breaks the law. Specifically, what he highlighted is that we are picking out, we're handpicking private military contractors, probably Lockheed Martin. Boeing. Probably Boeing, probably Northrop Grumman, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, those guys would be mad if it wasn't them, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a fourth guy. You don't know him. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry about it. So this shadowy group... Which has been described and testified to under oath. This is not X-File shit, okay? This is real shit that's happening. It was testified to under oath at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday, (laughs) right? It's nothing shadowy about it at all. And so this group whose existence is classified, whose roster of members is classified, right? Mm Mm-hmm is giving this shit to these military contractors who are trying to reverse engineer it and make something good with it. And who can blame them? Because it's better than anything we've ever made. Right, right. (laughs) Now, just to give you a taste of what they mentioned, testified to today under oath, there have been several types of anomalous crafts that have been seen that are not explained. Mm -hmm. We know about the gimbal which is some sort of orb that has maybe a saucer-type disc on it. Right. Pretty close to the classic flying saucer. This was one of the original UAPs that was in the New York Times story. Right. We have the Tic Tac. This is what David Fravor saw. And hundreds, maybe thousands of servicemen in the Atlantic Ocean, at least stationed at Virginia Beach, who were flying planes, saw the same fucking thing. Right. Right. They also mentioned two today that were very specific and very fucking bizarre. The first one that Ryan Graves kept mentioning was a dark gray cube inside of a clear sphere. Right. (laughs) A cube inside of a transparent sphere. Now, to to me, this evokes Vitruvian man, right? Right. It evokes something. It is not what you would normally consider to be a spacecraft, flying craft of any sort. It's not the most aerodynamic form factor you could be using. No, and they specifically mentioned that it wasn't aerodynamic and talking about how bizarre it was that it could accelerate instantaneously. It could move so fast. In 2011, and again, this is being told To Congress, it is being made a matter of congressional record. This is public record now. Mm -hmm. In 2011, two fighter planes, U.S. fighter planes, were flying in formation. You know, they'll fly with one, like, kind of hanging off the ass and to the side of the other. Right. They're flying at 8 billion miles an hour, however fucking fast these airplanes fly. Seriously, like Mach 1 or 2, like Mm -hmm. 1 or 2 times the speed of sound, whatever. They're flying in formation. They're just a few hundred feet apart, and out of nowhere, this cube comes and shoots between them. Right. (laughs) They estimated this is between 5 and 15 feet in diameter, which is a pretty rough estimate. But you got to imagine these guys were traveling at hundreds, maybe over a 1,000 miles an hour. Right. And that this thing actually split the planes. And as soon as it happened, both pilots were like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going back to the aircraft carrier. Right. We're not doing this anymore. (laughs) 
the pilots could see that this object was in the air above them and they were flying at 40,000 feet. So whatever these are, they are able to travel way higher than anything we have. They're able to go into the ocean seamlessly and travel through the ocean. Mm -hmm. The other craft that I want to mention before we get into this, Boeing contractors saw a red square hover over one of their facilities in the morning, mm -hmm. daylight. This red square they reported was the size of a football field. Mm -hmm. And as they say, this is how much Americans hate the metric system as we measure things in football fields. <laughs> But if you told somebody, hey, this is 350 feet long, they wouldn't know how fucking long that is either, okay? Most people can't mentally imagine any number higher than 100. Right. So if you were European, they'd say it's a rugby pitch. They'd say it's a whatever say fucking it's a sport you play. Field. Yeah, football, <laughs> but, right. It was a red square. They looked out there and it was suddenly there floating in the fucking sky. Right. Like blotting out the sun. Right. Just they're the there. Square. Don't they're worry there. About it. It's a square. One second it's there. It disappears. Right. It flies off faster than anybody could even tell. And it was gone. That night it comes back. Right. No biggie. It squares back. <laughs> There's something horrific to me about the UFOs that are like massive geometric shapes that are like absolutely inexplicable there is something like very cosmically horrific about it to me it's fucking disgusting <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> there's something terrifying because it's so clear that we are not even able to perceive what the fuck is going on right now like we are just getting like placeholder images to cover up whatever it is that we're viewing right now because our brains cannot handle it. That is the only thing I can think of when I hear these stories is that there's something there that we are not able to perceive and that is the closest our brain can get to it. Well, something that Grush mentioned today in the congressional testimony was the idea of the hologram. Right. And first of all, just for backstory, this guy has a physics degree. Mm. Unlike with Bob Lazar, you can actually call his university and they'll say, yeah, he has a physics degree from here. Right. Because the government hasn't erased this guy yet, right? Not yet. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it may be too late for them to erase him because he's already kind of told his story before they could uh, defame him, right? Right. He just very casually says in front of Congress, if you've got a 3D object and you've got a source of light, it projects a two-dimensional shadow mm -hmm. onto a surface. Right. So you can take a higher dimensional object and it casts what amounts to a hologram on a surface of that dimensionality. Mm -hmm. So if you have a white wall and you have a cube in front of it, the cube is going to cast a shadow. Now, based on which way the cube is turned, et cetera, et cetera, you know the size and shape of the shadow change. Mm -hmm. And he says the same thing is true for non-human intelligences, and it was unclear whether he was talking about them as in their beings or their craft or quite possibly both. Right. But he said, look, if you have something that has higher dimensions, the three dimensions of it that we see may just be a hologram of what is actually happening in more dimensions. Right. This also brings up the fact that we may be holograms of higher dimensional beings. Hmm, much to think about. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing with the interdimensional things and the fucking geometric shapes and the cubes within spheres and all of these, like, truly mind-bending details are what makes this disclosure process so surreal to me. Because these are not the details I would have expected to be coming out. Those are not the conversations I would be expecting to have on a national stage. It is really bonkers to me. But when he was talking about the hologram stuff, I just kept on thinking to myself that all of these different crafts are so many different ones, but it's because it's just a shadow of whatever it actually is, right? Yeah, we're not even seeing what it actually is, which explains a lot about why they have different forms and it's hard to see what is even going on. Right. Now think about this. You've got a cube floating in your room. Mm Mm-hmm. And the cube is rotating. Well, if you look at the shadow on the wall, it looks like it's morphing and changing shape. Mm-hmm. You know, the classic example, if you're in flatland on the wall, you say, we've got a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. No, you've just got a rotating cube. Right, right. Now imagine that the cube is further back from the wall and the edges become blurred. Because when you're talking about shadows and projecting things into other dimensions, you're not necessarily getting a crisp, perfectly clear image Mm -hmm. out the other side. If you're old and you went to school in a time where teachers would use the overhead projector, they would have to focus it to project it onto a surface, Uh right? I would imagine that the process of having something show up in our three dimensions that might be based on a, a five, seven, or higher dimensional object might lead it to be hard for us to even perceive. Right, right. It might have qualities to it that make it literally hard for us to see it. Right. I want this whole disclosure process to be enlightening for everybody, but I cannot help but feel going into it that there are fundamental variables in this disclosure that are so far outside of what the normal person would ever think about or ever be able to conceptualize that I feel like this is going to have a polarizing effect on people. There's going to be people who are able to follow along with what's going on. And then there's going to be a second group of people who are not able to gronk the interdimensionality and all that kind of shit. And they are just going to reject all of this. They're going to reject all of it because they're not able to understand what is going on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is not very often that something happens to humanity that is so far advanced that you cannot explain it to them in a first grader's terminology. And like... I'm not trying to sound like I am intellectually superior, but there is a culture of stupidity in this country. I'm not sure how it is in the rest of the world. It's probably not as bad in the rest of the world. But there is a culture of stupidity in the United States where even if you're not a stupid person, you are encouraged to pursue stupid interests and you are offered only media that is made for someone with a fourth grade reading level. And you are constantly exposed to like pressures that tell you that reading is for stupid assholes and anybody who's smart is a dork. There's like so many things working against people having like uh, healthy intellectual pursuits and things like that in this country. To have something come out like this and have it be wrapped up in so much like quantum physics shit is like a nightmare to me. (laughs) This 
is not gonna fly. I want everyone to be enlightened, and this is not the way to do it. Maybe some people will be, but it's not going to be like a global sea change with people unless the aliens actually show up. Well, and this makes it really hard because the number one thing people say is, well, why can't I see the alien? Right. Well, you can't see them because alien is four or five dimensions, and all you can see is, like, a shadow that has a little bit of, like, television flows in it. (laughs) There's that, yeah. There's the physical perception of it, and we talk about this a lot. You see in two dimensions. Most people have binocular vision, so they see out of both their eyes, and you get some depth perception. So you have the ability to see depth a little bit. Some people would say you can see two and a half or 2.1 dimensions, right? Mm -hmm. You are seeing a projection of the 3D world in two dimensions before you as though you're watching television. Right. Most people don't think that they can only see in two dimensions. Most people think that they see in three dimensions. If you could see in three dimensions, you could not play (laughs) peekaboo. Yeah. There's some other things going on there, too. But if these non-human intelligences are operating vehicles and machinery that is moving through dimensions, and even as David Grush mentioned in his interview with News Nation a few weeks back, if you're dealing with something that fundamentally perceives time as a spatial dimension and can move through it, well, whatever the non-human intelligences are, they've already been to the future on our planet. They've already been to the past. They can move between them. Right. That explains then also the indifference of aliens towards human life. Because if they see time as a spatial dimension, then they see what happens before our birth and after our death. And they see it all at the same time. I mean, you walk along a trail from the parking lot to the top of the mountain and you saw some trees in between. You go back and you can look at the trees and the trees are still there, but... You know, that could be a linear representation of what they're seeing as they walk through time, right? Right. They can go back and look at anything at any point and see what is going on now. The joke about the time traveler convention has always been that everybody, I think Stephen Hawking was the last one who did this, you know, in a way where he pushed it out to the media. He said, okay, we're having a time traveler convention. It's, uh, you know, pick a date, January 23rd, 1996. And this is a date that happened in the past. And they put it out and they say, if you're a time traveler, come back. <laughs> That's when we had it. <laughs> right. And then they say, well, you know, we've published this, we've gotten this out, and we can't remember anybody showing up. So therefore. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, that is just like classic, like science guy, winky wink, right? (laughs) The other frustrating aspect about this disclosure is that, you know, a lot of people who would have a casual interest in this, a lot of people who are interested in science fiction and sort of interested in the intersection of science and technology with, you know, culture and humanity and things like that. They've kind of been poisoned by this Star Trek slash Einstein model of the universe. Right, right. And so most people, if you know people and then there's somebody you know and you're like, that's the smart guy. He's the fucking Star Trek guy, right? Mm -hmm. Or the Star Trek lady. Okay, I'm not trying to be biased here. But if you think of somebody who would have an interest in this kind of stuff, they're kind of like, well, 
how are the aliens even going to get here? It's going to take them billions of years because they can't go faster than light. Checkmate. Checkmate, atheist. This story is a nothing burger. <laughs> <laughs> and so the mood in society and the overall feeling toward this from most people in society is that until they see a picture of an alien... It is just like you said, nothing burger, which is one of the worst words. Nobody uses that word <laughs> unless they're just like a fucking smug asshole. Right, right. Nothing burger. <laughs> the other issue that was raised was something that Grush talked about in News Nation. He basically said that anybody who does whistleblower on this or even starts talking about we should get this out to people, basically gets threatened. Right. And he implied some people get killed. Right. Or harmed. He made a very weird statement toward the end, which was he said, multiple colleagues of mine, this is not a direct quote, but Grush said multiple colleagues of his have been physically injured by both UAPs and physically injured by people in the federal government. Uh-huh. He said that his wife witnessed this happening, which implies that either they were threatening his wife or they maybe, like, shot somebody in front of her and was like, this will happen to you. Right. That's my speculation. Right. But the reprisals he got were the reason why he went with the Whistleblower Act. Now, the question I have, and this is kind of an open question, why hasn't Grush been Epstein yet? Because he came out on the news too fast. It's just like what Bob Lazar did. Once he was on the news... And people knew what he was going to say. If he disappeared after that, it would have been clear what was going on. It would have corroborated the story. Right. If he came out and he's like, they're threatening me and this and that, and here's my story. The only thing they could do to make it seem like he's lying is to not kill him. Right? (laughs) I wanted to discuss this just for a moment. But, you know, sometimes you'll be working on something or... Doing something and you get a thought in your head and you're like, where did that come from? That didn't come from my train of thought. That didn't come from wherever. It was something just popped in my head out of nowhere. And the one thing that kept on popping into my head when I was watching this hearing today was that Grush is an alien. (laughs) So I thought that we could talk about that. (laughs) Whistleblower is the alien. He's exceptionally good at public speaking. Yeah, he's a very articulate guy. And the way he speaks kind of sounds like someone who is, like, not a person. He doesn't speak in the way that other people do. Like, uh, Fravor. Fravor has, like, a very hang ten kind of vibe to him to me. I can tell, like, what kind of guy he is. And, like, he has, like, a dude type, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Grush, his type is like alien whistleblower guy. And so to me, it seems like maybe he is the alien or maybe he is like an AI who was created to be like an avatar of all the people who are working within the government. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that is a great theory. If you have evidence that David Grush is an alien... (laughs) no evidence at all except for that. I thought about it when I was watching them today. No, if you out there in cyberspace have evidence, let us know. Hop on the Discord. We're at patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. That's how you get the info, the evidence to us that David Grush is an alien. If you know, (laughs) 
if you know for sure. Now, he strikes me as a guy who just has an extreme interest in this in a level that's like bordering on pathological. Maybe. Maybe. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, but the way he was rattling off specific sections of the U.S. code was incredible. <laughs> I mean, I generally, the only people I've ever known who will do that are lawyers, and they typically do not, like, call out, like, section two. My reasoning was... He looks a little weird. He's like hanging out in the uncanny valley maybe a little bit. But also, like you said, the encyclopedic knowledge of all the numbers and all the sections and codes. He also was able to rattle off like all of the letters and their words for all of those different government agencies and government programs and this and that. Like he was just like, he didn't even break a sweat, right? Immediate, yeah. He was just on it, on it, on it, on it, on it. I'm just saying, just I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying, let's put a pin in that and come back to it in a few years. Maybe he is an alien. Well, one of the other things that Grush said a couple times that you also keyed in on, Natalie, was, you know, you're casually talking about Roswell with your friends, as you do. I know I do. I mean, I talk about some weird shit with my friends anymore. <laughs> And you say, well, you know, the spaceship crashed and a little gray alien fell out and he bonked his head. Right, right. (laughs) And I mean, you have a picture in your head when you say that. Something that Grush kept mentioning is the term biologics. He kept saying, when these craft crashed, they had pilots. And of course, there are biologics, non-human biologics that come with this, which makes me wonder if, you know, a lot of people have seen little gray aliens. Maybe the biologics are something else. Maybe you got a little soup. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying is that they mentioned this again in this hearing today that the way that these UFOs move around there's no way a human could be in the craft because the human would get absolutely creamed by the G-forces inside the craft with the way that they speed around, right? And so when he kept on saying biologics, what it made me think was that when these craft crash and they send these retrieval groups out to get the crashed craft, it's entirely possible that whatever is left in there of the pilots is absolutely a mess. It looks like a container of slime that you order for from wish.com. <laughs> <laughs> One of the characteristics, and this is scuttlebutt, this is not from this meeting, but the scuttlebutt is that humans are not able to pilot these, okay? And you gotta imagine being a fucking Navy fighter pilot, just being the most badass dude in the world, literally being top gun. Right. Sex favor. <laughs> When you see some shit that's even faster than a fighter plane and can do more and go faster and zip around and do all this and fucking go underwater, you're like, oh my God, I need to fly the fucking cube inside the sphere, bro. <laughs> yeah. But the scuttlebutt is no humans have ever been able to do it because when it really gets going and it does the instantaneous acceleration, you just like, you implode like the little submarine that went to find the Titanic. <laughs> Right, you get creamed. Also, if a human gets close enough to those craft to pilot it, the human will get completely irradiated. Yeah. Get a total Tanya. You're getting picked up in the ambulance in the parking lot of the elementary school and no one's ever seeing you ever again. No, you're <laughs> you're cooked. Lots of people have said this. And listen, when you go back 
and you look at all the cases. First of all, I just want to reiterate that when Grush gave his interview to News Nation, he very casually mentioned, oh yeah, Mussolini had one of these craft and the U.S. came in and stole it and they used Pope Pius XII and the Catholic Church in Italy to help move this stolen alien aircraft back to America. Right. Which, first of all, we've talked about Hitler and the Nazis having Die Glocke. Die Glocke was known to, like, irradiate and kill people right. that came close to it. Right. They had this shit in Italy. They brought it back 1965. Diglaka crashes in Pennsylvania. <laughs> huh, much to think about. <laughs> They have also said, in addition to the fact that these crafts will just irradiate the ever-loving crap out of you, they have also said that there are craft where if people go inside of them, it is larger on the inside than it is on the outside. Yes. And if you go in there for more than like a couple seconds, time starts behaving in ways that is not predictable to you and you go mad. <laughs> so that's the other reason you can't fly those guys around. They're just not for us. Sort of a the jaunt slash Indiana Jones drinking out of the wrong cup thing. Right. Happening, like I a think. dog driving a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some other interesting things. So David Grush basically started this particular wave by blasting this out. And I just want to say there are people in Congress who are investigating this. And if you have a closed mind, this may be something that really bothers you, is that some of the people in Congress who are getting into this, enforcing this disclosure and moving this process along are Republicans. Right. Now, I don't personally care if the disclosure process is being pushed along by an evil person who tells you to your face that he wants your family to die versus a Democrat who lies to you that he doesn't want your family to die. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. These motherfuckers are our pawns as humanity. We exploit their need to be in control and their need to be in power to force disclosure. And ultimately, this is why Grush going to Congress is important. Mm -hmm. First of all, he went to News Nation and he blasted this shit out because he basically said he had to get on the news and get ahead of the story or they were just going to fucking kill him. Right. Now that he got this shit out and he's either got a dead man switch, he's got a bodyguard, he knows that the powers that be know they have to let him do this for some reason or he would have already been killed. Right. Now that this has happened today, this is the first time he has spoken to Congress about this. Several members of Congress demanded to have closed sessions with him talking about classified information. Right. So this is going to move forward. Also, something I thought was interesting was that it seemed like there were people in the government who were trying to throw the monkey wrench into these hearings today by blocking people's access to skiffs. Did you notice that? They mentioned it numerous times about wanting to get in the skiff, but they weren't able to get into a skiff, and they weren't able to get into a skiff. And they said that going forward, they were going to invoke the Holman rule, which would basically block people's paychecks and get them fired from their positions if they do not allow them access to what they need in order to have these hearings going forward. Yeah, one of the congressmen mentioned that all of his attempts 
to get closed session information sharing where they can go through. Because a lot of these congressmen have classified secret, top secret clearances, Mm -hmm. and they are not being given access to this information. And they want it because you don't become a member of Congress unless you have an insatiable need for power. And what this situation is exploiting is that need for power. Mm-hmm. This is possibly the only way that you can force something to happen in Congress. The only way you can force Congress to do something is to tell them that somebody is denying them the power to do something. Right. Now that they all know that in the words of Republican congressmen, they've been cucked. That's something they would say now that they know they've been disempowered, Mm -hmm. that there is material and evidence, there's photos, there's documentations that they don't have access to. They are now demanding access to it. Grush had said, hey, they're withholding this from Congress. The other thing he said is they are using IRAD which is uh, independent research and development that's used to push funds from one program that's been documented into another that is not documented at all. Mm -hmm. He's basically alleging that there's massive corruption that is happening between the government and government contractors. Right, right. One of the things that he had alleged was that they were misappropriating funds in between departments and overcharging for things. Like, that is always the most classic thing that comes out when they audit the Pentagon or whatever. They're like, a $45,000 toilet seat? Well, that's how they've been paying for all this UFO shit. We already know that there's dark money that's coming out of the Pentagon every single year. There's billions of dollars that are just evaporating from the budget, and it's not documented, and it's just... On paper, it's classified where it's going, but this is an allegation that this has been going on with money that's supposedly being tracked and accounted for and is being secretly pushed into reverse engineering this alien technology. Right. And so the ethical issue here is that you as an American, I'm assuming that anyone listening to this podcast is an American. The issue with this whole UFO thing is that there are ethical dilemmas associated with the idea that you as an American are going to be taxed by your government to pay for government programs that would ostensibly make this country somewhere nice to live. And then your money is being misappropriated and funneled to private corporations who are taking UFOs and alien biologics and whatever else they're retrieving from these crash sites. These independent private companies are taking these findings that were collected by organizations that were paid for with your tax money. They take that stuff. They are using it in private ways in research and development and private industry. They are taking more of your money and misappropriated funds and directing it to this private industry. And at the same time, they are gutting unemployment. They are gutting health care. They are gutting schools. They are gutting infrastructure. They are gutting health programs. They are gutting Fill in the blank. Fucking everything. Absolutely everything. And nothing, none of any of the findings that had to do with any of our money that was funneled into these black programs is trickling down to improve our lives at all. They are holding all of it for their own ends. And they won't even tell you what it is. And that's why I say you should have an itemized tax return and don't pay them a nickel more than you have to. (laughs) Listen, Q. 
kids. It's not 2004 anymore. Don't dirty yourself out by giving one of those little monologues about how you'd be happy to pay more taxes. Your taxes are never going to be used for anything you want unless it's in your local community or you live in Oregon or Vermont. I'm sorry. Oh, Minnesota. Oregon, (laughs) Minnesota, Vermont. Otherwise, you're fucked, buddy. I'm very sorry. Right. If what you want is societal change, you keep your money out of the hands of the government and then you go out and you find someone who's having a bad time and you help them yourself. So another thing that came out with this, and this is a direct threat to people who travel commercially. Oh, yeah. I like this part. (laughs) This is something that has never been talked about before this session, and I have not seen any media coverage of this. Commercial airline companies have issued cease and desist to people to stop talking about UAP activity. Commercial airlines are intentionally suppressing people's reporting and people's knowledge of this because they feel that it is impacting their safety. Right. What this also implicates is that there may have been commercial airline disasters in the past which were caused by the UAP phenomenon. Right. They are actively keeping this information away from people. The FAA... The Federal Airline Administration is literally not giving reports of UAPs to Congress. They are internally suppressing it. Mm -hmm. This stuff is being internally hidden because there's a fear in the airline industry. Again, commercial interest, just like you said, Natalie. There's a fear that this will harm the perception of safety in the airline industry. And so commercial pilots are seeing this shit all the time. Right. It's just another way also where we have these global corporations who are not concerned with your well-being. They don't care about your well-being. They don't care that there is a red square the size of a football field hovering in mid-space in the sky at 30,000 feet that just appears out of nowhere in front of your airplane. They don't give a shit about that. Like, roll the dice. Maybe you'll hit the square today. All they want is that sweet, sweet airplane ticket money. And they don't care about you. If they did, there would be a robust way for pilots to report UFO or UAP activity, right? And to me, like, this was a topic in the hearing today also where there needs to be a central service where you can report these sightings. So everyone can have access and see what is going on. And so people can report what they see without having any fear of reprisals or anything like that, right? That is like a recurring thing. But if the airlines were truly concerned about your well-being, they would have that kind of infrastructure in place for the pilots. And they would try to establish a pattern. If they've been collecting information this whole time, they could have been establishing patterns. And they'd be like, well, the UFO's not there on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, today we're going to fly to St. Louis. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, if you collect information, then you could study it. And then you could apply the patterns that you recognize in order to, like, make it more likely that it'll end up okay for people. Right? And this is, again, going back to the whole thing with all the science people who are like, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? They've been blocking people. collecting evidence this whole time. There's no evidence because the government says, no, 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 we don't want the evidence. You keep that to yourself, crazy pants. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They're like, no, we don't want it. There's keep your evidence, you stupid idiot. There's no existing framework for reporting UAP sightings and UAP activities to any 
central body. If you report it to the FAA, they won't write it down. Right, right. There's no evidence to be given to people. Now, this is another example. People say, where's the alien bodies? Why can't I see the alien bodies? Why can't I see a photo of the spacecraft? All of that is classified. In fact, the material that got printed in the New York Times in 2017 was accidentally declassified. That was not supposed to make it out into the media. All of this stuff is classified. It is top secret and it's compartmentalized. So if you have a top secret clearance, if you're an army major, if you're a, a member of Congress on the security committee, whatever the fuck, you still can't see it. Mm -hmm. David Grush was allowed the ability to get in and see this stuff because he was working with people in an intelligence capacity. He blew the whistle when he realized that matters that impacted national security were not being reported to Congress, who is in charge of national security. Right. Now, is this a hook to let the public know about aliens? Is this an alien telling on himself? <laughs> there's no way, there's no way of knowing. I'll leave it as an exercise to you, right? <laughs> right. At the end of the day, is David Grush an alien? Why does the alien want us to find the alien so bad? I guess we'll have to tune in in September and find out. <laughs> That's when he's going to pull his mask off. <laughs> so this is ultimately just the beginning of the very slow and painful process of disclosure. Until today, there was no testimony before Congress that the U.S. government and U.S. military contractors have alien spacecraft and alien bodies. This is absolutely groundbreaking. Just like you said, Natalie, the problem is that this is so complex and it's been tucked away for so long that it is possibly hard for people to understand right. what they're even right. talking about right. when you start getting into the physics aspect and the dimensionality and everything else. But hopefully... He will have closed sessions with members of Congress, and they can start a process of declassifying this material. Right. Hope so. Will it ever happen? I don't know. Joe Biden has blocked the JFK files from being declassified. I don't even know. Everybody who was an adult then is dead now. Right. There's no reason for 60-year-old files on a political assassination to still be sealed like a fucking time capsule. It's because the aliens... There may have been alien involvement. Yeah. We discussed this. If you want to learn more, we recently put out an episode about JFK. Natalie, do you have any final thoughts? I am glad that the hearing went by the way it did. It seemed like people online were satisfied by it. There were a lot of people who were whiny babies about it, but they were the ones you would have expected to be whiny babies about it. I was kind of anxious yesterday thinking about all of the things that I've heard people talking about in recent weeks about the UFO stuff and just like really terrifying stuff and even stuff that Ross Coulthard, who is that guy who interviewed Grush to begin with. Yeah, the Australian. Yeah. He implied a lot of stuff that I thought was pretty unprofessional, but it made me anxious about this hearing. Like, what are they going to say, right? And they didn't really say too much that was new. There was a couple little things that was enough to satisfy me, but largely it was all the News Nation interview only under oath, which is 
fine. I will be interested to see how this progresses. We did not touch on the idea of this 2027 deadline, which I'm sure we will cover in some future episode because it is interesting idea that keeps on popping up. But good game, guys. I'm glad you guys did your thing under oath. My favorite guy was Fravor. I thought that Fravor was my favorite guy who testified today. And that is my final opinion. Just from just from vibes. Yeah, his vibes were the best, I thought. He seemed like he was the coolest out of the guys. The other guys were very much like a very sincere dork from your high school who was very serious about joining the military. And an alien. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I appreciate anybody who's bringing this information to light and sharing it with the public. But sometimes I get a little bit too much of you are disrespecting a future U.S. Army soldier. (laughs) Right. Now, Natalie, you know who would never disrespect a future U.S. Army soldier? Uh, Corey Grella. Corey Grella is the number one life insurance agent in the state of Alaska, the biggest state. Hard to go wrong there. Right. If you are worried about aliens, if you think there's a 2027 deadline for disclosure that we've got to meet, talk to her. (laughs) It doesn't matter if that's true. She knows (laughs) when the deadline is. She knows how to provide... For your family's future in the wake of full alien disclosure. <laughs> God, can you imagine our minds are going to be so blown. They're going to be so blown that they're going to be blown across the green and pastoral fields of Harlem Township. That's right. If you're looking for a place to spend the only seven months you'll have of 2027. <laughs> Harlem Township may be the place. It's the most beautiful out of all the townships. In Delaware County, Central Ohio. Right, right. Whether you're looking for fun in the sun, some aquatic breeze, or grass. Or sad in the sun. If you're looking for sad in the sun, (laughs) you can be sad. They don't discriminate. What a lovely place. You need to be sad in order to be happy. Otherwise, how could you tell the difference? That's right. Listen, thanks again to Corey Grella in Harlem Township for sponsoring Garbage Brain University and Everything is Real. If you'd like to sponsor us, head to patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. That address is also where you can join our Discord and you can also sign up to get 180, 190, something like that. 680. No. <laughs> well, you're going to get a lot of episodes that you haven't heard because they're only available to members of our Patreon. It costs five bucks to sign up. We would love to have you there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, everything is real. I love you. Good night.